Here in the refuge of this Sabbath home, we turn our busy minds towards silence and our full hearts towards one another. We move together through the mysteries of this life, the bright surprise of birth and the shadowed unknowns of death. In our slow walk between the two, we will be wounded and we will be showered with grace, amazing, unending. Even in our sorrows, we feel our lives cradled in a holiness we cannot comprehend. And though we each walk within a vast loneliness, the promise we offer here is that we do not walk alone. This is a holy space in which we gather. The light of the earth brought in and held and touched then by our answering light. The flame of a chalice, the flicker of a candle, the lamps of our open faces brought near once again. In this space of silence and celebration, solemnity and music, we make a sanctuary and name our spiritual home. Into this home we bring our hunger for awakening. We bring compassionate hearts and a will towards justice. Into this home we bring the courage to walk on after hard losses. Into this home we bring our joy and gratitude for everyday blessings. And by our gathering we bless this virtual space. For in its shelter we know ourselves blessed. These opening words by Unitarian Universalist Minister Kathleen McTeague welcome all who've gathered here on Zoom this morning to join our Sunday service. Welcome to members of the congregation, to any friends or visitors who are with us live this morning, and of course all those who may be listening in at a later date via the podcast or watching this service on YouTube. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackhall. I've been part of this church for nearly 22 years, and I'm now the ministry coordinator here also currently your student on placement as part of my final year of training with Unitarian College. I'll be co-leading our service this morning with our loyal and long-serving trustee and all-round pillar of the congregation, Harold Lorenzelli. If anyone's here for the first time this morning, we're especially glad to have you with us. Um, welcome. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat if you fancy or drop us an email to introduce yourself. If you're a regular, thanks for all you do to welcome all who come. Even on Zoom, we all play a crucial part in co-creating this sacred space and this sense of community we share. Whoever you are, however you are, whatever state you find yourselves in this morning, know that you are welcome as you are. I hope everyone finds something of what they need in church this morning. We always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable this hour. It is lovely to see your faces, but if you need to turn your video off and lurk, that is fine by us. We hope we'll get to meet you eventually, whether it's uh, in a virtual sense or over a cup of tea in Kensington one day. There'll be various opportunities to join in as we go along, but there's no compulsion. Do what you need to do. In this morning's service, we will be reflecting on reversals of fortune, life's sometimes quite dramatic ups and downs, and the way in which triumph and disaster seem so closely interwoven. We'll consider how best to weather the twists and turns of fate and perhaps how to put them in some greater perspective. 
I'm going to light our chalice now with words by the Unitarian Universalist Atticus Palmer. We light this chalice every Sunday and at other times when we gather as a simple ritual connecting us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over and reminding us that we're part of a historic and progressive religious tradition. We call this light before us in hope that we may always remain a strong community, working together to help make the world a better place. When we're grieving or sad, when we're challenged, when we need help, this light guides us out of the darkness. When we are cheerful, when we celebrate, when we accomplish great things, this chalice reminds us to share our happiness with others. So let's take those joys and concerns that we've heard and let's hold them and each other in a spirit of loving kindness as we move into a time of prayer now. Uh, this prayer is based in part on the words of UU Minister Bruce Southworth. So let's each do what we need to do to get into the right state of body and mind to pray together. Maybe shift your position, maybe adopt a prayerful posture. Whatever helps you get your heart in the right place, what helps you to be fully present in this moment. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being, as we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune in to your holy presence within us and amongst us. Each of us here gathered carries our own private griefs and burdens. Sometimes we can share these and for the open hearts which respond, we are grateful. Sometimes the world bears heavily upon us. We struggle alone, search the depths and long for healing, hope and strength, which give their grace and peace. On this spring morning, let us give thanks for all of nature's bounty. Let us give thanks for caring friends and compassionate neighbours. Let us give thanks for the communion of all those who seek to serve others. May we be strengthened in our efforts to be of service. And may we always be mindful of all the good in our lives, whatever privilege or success or joy we have been blessed with. May our prayer be that we always see clearly and keep before us the commandment to care, striving always to be generous, inclusive and open, to use our own good fortune to lift up the lives of others. On this day and every day, may we give thanks, but let us also be dissatisfied with the world as it is, for a new world, a realm of love is still waiting to be realised. May our spirits and bodies be nourished and nurtured 
as we give thanks in praise of all that sustains and heals and holds us, all that is holy and good. And in a quiet moment of reflection now, let's look back over the week just gone, calling to mind those challenging and unsettling moments we've lived through. This week may have brought sufferings and struggles for us, for our loved ones, for our communities, for ordinary people the world over. Let us hold those struggles in the light of compassion now. And let us also take a moment to call to mind all the many blessings that may have come our way. This week may have brought moments of uplift and delight, beauty and pleasure, or maybe just a little respite and relief. Let us take another moment now to give thanks for all that is good. God of all love, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. time for us to sing together now well together but apart given the limitations of zoom and our first hymn today is thanks be for these it's perhaps not a very familiar hymn to us uh, but it seemed really appropriate to the theme of this morning service with its opening lines thanks be for these life's holy times moments of grief days of delight triumph and failure intertwine shaping our vision of the right the words will appear on screen shortly so you can sing along with this recording by the Unitarian Music Society or you might just prefer to listen and to read. We'll do our best to make sure you all stay muted so don't worry no one will hear you.
The story is called You Never Know. Once upon a time in China, there was a poor old farmer. The farmer had a single horse that pulled his plow, led his wagon, and was his sole means of transportation. One day, a bee stung his horse and it bolted free, racing off into the mountains and disappeared. The old farmer searched for his horse, but could not find it. After returning home, his neighbors came and said, we're sorry about your bad luck in losing your horse. But the old farmer merely shrugged his shoulders and said, bad luck, good luck, you never know. A week later, his horse came back, accompanied by 12 wild horses, which the old farmer was able to corral, and suddenly he had a great unexpected windfall. News spread through the village, and his neighbors came and said, congratulations on your good luck, it's a bonanza. To which the old farmer merely replied, good luck, bad luck, you never know. Now the farmer had a son, who decided to make the most of this unexpected windfall. The son saddled one of the wild horses, hoping to tame the animal and turn it into a fine workhorse that could be sold for profit. Unfortunately, the horse threw him to the ground and broke his leg in three places. When word spread about his accident, many neighbors came to the old farmer and said, we're sorry to hear about your son and his bad luck of getting hurt. The man merely shrugged his shoulders and said, bad luck, good luck, you never know. Well, two weeks later, war broke out between two provinces and every man aged 50 or younger was conscripted to fight. Because the farmer's son had fallen from a horse and broken his leg, he could not go to war. It turned out to be a stroke of good luck and it probably saved his life because every villager who was conscripted was killed in battle. We humans never know the whole story until it is over. Certain events may appear unfortunate or very bad at the time, but in the larger picture, these same events often turn out to hold blessings in disguise and bring about some unexpected good as life continues to flow onward. Bad luck, good luck, you never know. Thanks, Harold. So we've come now to a time of meditation. You might like to wiggle, get as comfortable as you can. You might want to put your feet flat on the floor to help ground and steady yourself. You might want to close your eyes. Whatever helps you to settle and get yourself into a meditative space. To take us into the meditation, I'm going to read a poem called Reversals of Fortune by the Unitarian Universalist Minister Teresa Soto. This poem will lead us into a good few minutes of shared stillness during which we'll put the chalice cam up on screen in case you find the moving flame to be restful. And for our meditation music this week, we have a song, John Ireland's Santa Chiara, 
chosen for its reference to Palm Sunday and performed for us by Trevor Alexander and Peter Crockford. As always, of course, these words, these images, this music, their offerings, see where they lead you, but also feel free to think your own thoughts and meditate in your own way. So some words by Teresa Soto. People wake up to ordinary days all the time. And then somehow, as though things were just too peaceful, they experience drastic reversals of fortune. The car resting on its roof, the fall, the broken bone, the less than hoped for grade, the broken heart when a pet dies. You get it. You never know what's in a day, except you. You are the golden thread running through it. I know that these reversals will test you. You may move through burdened with a fresh, wet grief. Or for now, you might arrive at this moment unscathed. What you need to know is that there is nothing larger than the love that is your destiny. And the love may at times feel opaque and distant, like a looming thundercloud too far to reach. If that's too hard to locate, find your breath, a thread of your life. Find your community, friendly face and open hand. What's true is that some changes call for every skill that we possess. The deeper truth remains. Changes will eventually change. Let your heart flex, let it grow. Allow a reversal to be a moment in which you are a constant, while you give yourself kindness and heaping joyful love.
this month, I was giving thought to this morning's talk, I was mindful that between the writing and the delivery of such, there may occur some event which would render my musings untimely, if not downright unseemly. Disasters of one kind or another have a way of wrong footing us, and when misfortune unexpectedly strikes, even the most innocuous of homilies can seem like a slap in the face. The news of late with, regarding, with regard to the pandemic has been encouraging, and I suppose we're all beginning to feel cautiously optimistic in that respect. I don't think there can be a clearer example of a nation, a world, holding their collective breath for so long ever. Slowly, there is a sense that progress is being made. There have been setbacks, there always are. But despite these, there seems to be a small light at the end of the tunnel. Over the last year, events have challenged what could be seen as a sort of benign lethargy on our part. Events seemingly beyond our control that have challenged not for the first time, our habitual cozy worlds. We have learned not to overindulge in displays of self-satisfaction. It's certain then that this last year has provided us with much food for thought about the fragility of the human condition and our precarious place in what to many seems a hostile, threatening world. 
I don't think there has ever been a time when our reserves of resilience, our need for empathy, our stock of moral fiber has been more thoroughly tested. Parallels of reversals in fortune abound in history. The notorious earthquake that shook Lisbon in 1755 at the time of Voltaire led him to question many of the established truths of the day, including people's belief in a beneficent deity. Admittedly, Voltaire was at the time satirizing the view put about by the philosopher Leibniz that this was the best of all possible worlds, since God, who was considered to be perfection, could not possibly go against his own creation. Well, we may be a little more sophisticated these days with regard to our conception of God, and we tend to separate natural disasters from the man-made kind. But the fact remains that faith, however you define it, can struggle to accommodate the vision of a world where, to put it mildly, bad things happen, whether or not they be of our own making. Most days, there will be something that happens to shake any sense of complacency that we may nurture. Today is Palm Sunday when the church celebrates the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And none of us can be unaware of the fact that a few days later, his life was ebbing away on a cross on Golgotha. Here was a man who risked everything for a vision of a world that challenged the status quo, an example of selfless devotion to a cause that advocated the notion of a fairer society where the weak were sustained and traditional social and religious stereotypes challenged. Such reversals in fortune are indeed a sober reminder to all of us how often success and disaster lie as uncomfortable bed companions. With the knowledge that life is unpredictable, threatening, and given the often random, inconsistent nature of our destinies, how should we deal with those slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, as Hamlet put it? Should we hope for the best and prepare for the worst, as Benjamin Disraeli put it? Faced with the evidence, are we in danger of adopting a kind of passive resignation, giving our seeming impotence in the face of what may seem like overwhelming odds? So often, we experience either the feeling that we have little say in how the world turns, or we have our hopes confounded by the dramas of our daily lives, when events conspire to shake our faith in what we may well believe is the essential goodness of the world. Life, people can indeed disappoint. And when that happens, we must, I believe, guard against a tendency to judge the whole by the part. This last year has shown us how the bonds of commonality bind us to each other. News was never was there a time when we learned more the importance of solidarity. Communities have come together in unforeseen ways. People have rediscovered old values. However small, 
However seemingly insignificant the steps we take, change for the better can and does arise. The image of the phoenix rising from the ashes is a powerful symbol for the regeneration of hope. I used to tell my students that language learning was two steps forward and one step back. Samuel Beckett, the arch priest of pessimism, would say, fail if you must, and next time, fail better. I am, as you probably guessed, basically an optimist. And before you start throwing things at me, let me remind you, quote, that scientific studies have shown that people who are over-optimistic often have enhanced motivation, which enables them to do better in the face of challenges than people with more realistic assessments of their own talents." End of quote. Well, it's a thought. A belief in our basic ability to transcend our condition, to survive. Circumstances may conspire to challenge such a view, but if we do survive, it will not be in spite of, but because of our circumstances. I hope, like me, you can find the true grit to do just that. Thank you, Harold, for your thoughtful reflections on the reversals we so often face in life and the resources that we might draw on, whether that's hope or solidarity or an eye on the bigger picture, the resources that might help us rise to those challenges. So it's time for us to sing once again now. Our second hymn is We Sing the Faith a good Welsh hymn tune. Again, I chose it for the words which I thought chimed nicely with Harold's hopeful conclusion. We sing the hope which shows us there are ways for living through our very darkest days and glimpse beyond a path which leads us on to find the place where new days have begun. This time we'll be singing along with a recording of our own congregation singing back in 2018. I think it was a service that you were leading, Harold, so I think you probably chose this hymn. I hope you like it. Nevertheless, because it's a recording of us, there will be coughing and rustling. Please forgive that.
Just a few brief announcements now. Um, thanks to Jenny for hosting today, to Peter and Trevor for the lovely music, and to Harold for giving our address. Um, as ever, there are a few opportunities to connect with the congregation in the week ahead. Coffee morning, 10.30 on Tuesday, as usual, for lively conversation and general messing about. Newcomers are always welcome to join. Um, Heart and Soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering continues this week. The theme is the sacred. I've got a few spaces tonight, uh, or very few on Friday, if you want to sign up at seven o'clock on Zoom. If you've never been before, it's never too late to start. Drop me an email if you want to know more. We'll have virtual coffee time after the service today to chat in small groups if you'd like. And we always like to take a group photo after the closing music, so please stick around if you don't mind that. We'll be back next week on Zoom at 10 for our Easter service. Um, feel free to share the link with your chums, uh, more the merrier. And as I've said before, if you're new and you'd like to, please do get in touch to say hello, because it is a bit harder to get to know newcomers in this Zoom era, even if it is more accessible for you to join us. So, yeah. Feel free to say hello, but no pressure. We've just got our closing words and closing music now. A very cheerful tune to send us out from Trevor and Peter. Uh, but I invite you to select gallery view at this point so that we can get a sense of the whole community and our connectedness as we close. May we know this ending as more than a time of goodbye. May the warmth of this community and the memory of our chalice flame sustain our hearts and encourage our minds as we engage the blessings of life's challenges and joys. The service has ended. Your service to life has begun. Go in peace. Go in hope. Go in love. Amen.